Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Best Speech Podcast. I'm Mike Pacquion. I'm your host. Welcome, welcome. And today, we're going to do the episode maybe a little baby bit different. I've got my good friend, Michelle Harris here. Michelle, you can say hi. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me today. So Michelle and I spoke at the United Conference. You've heard a couple podcasts about the conference already. Uh, with Michelle, here's what we're going to do today is we're going we're gonna to play her talk, which is about 15 minutes long. And then we're going to come back on and I'm going to ask her some questions about that talk. But just to give a lay of the land, this is Michelle. Michelle runs, well, runs M. Harris Studios. What's the yeah, verb there? Is M. Harris Studios. Is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's me and my team, so both. <laughs> uh, and Michelle runs the M. Harris Hustlers community, which is a community for... Wedding photographers. Yeah. For wedding photographers. And that was the primary audience of the United Conference, right? Right. So is there, like, what should we know about the people there? Like the photographers who go to this conference? What, what would be helpful for people to know? Well, I mean, for United, I mean, it was their 10th one. So a lot of the people have been coming for a long time. They know exactly what to expect. Um, and they want to come with act and get actual steps to take home and change their business for the better. Yeah, that's good. And how many times had you spoken at United before? Was this your second one or third? This is my third time. Third time. So there's a little bit of a Michelle reputation, I feel like. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. No, definitely. <laughs> uh, Michelle, I know you can't see her. Well, let me let me give background on Michelle as per me. So, you know, I do. United is great. They bring me in to coach all their speakers. And so we do, we do a six-week group coach, which in 2020 we did. Uh, and I got to know Michelle pretty well. The conference was virtual, but it was recorded in person. So we all flew to Phoenix to get it recorded. And I remember watching you speak and I was like, who is this person? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. And I want to give you a compliment to start things off. I feel I, I try to explain speaking this way to people. I say, for the most part, speaking is a blend of warmth and authority. And most people are really good at one or the other. And having someone who can do both is when someone can do both, like that makes you dangerous, a good dangerous. And uh, your 2020 talk, I just remember seeing you on stage and you were, you're given a lot of wisdom, but in addition to that, you were, you're letting your guard down, which just not everybody's comfortable with doing that. So that happens in this speech too. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to spoil it anymore, but uh, we'll, we'll play the speech. We'll come back on the other side and uh, we'll talk about what you just heard. So, oh, one quick thing before we press play. There's a technology problem towards the beginning. We're going to play the whole thing. So you'll, you'll hear Michelle being introduced. And then there's a technology problem. It goes silent. That, that's not a problem with the podcast. That's just what happens. And uh, we'll talk about that, too, on the other side. But without any further ado, let's hear Michelle Harris. So coming to us from the East Coast, this international wedding and boudoir photographer juggles being a mom to three, running her business associate team of fi over 15 associates. She's passionate about empowering other entrepreneurs to reach six-figure success without burnout, the ultimate hustler. All right. 
a good friend and someone who we love here and her energy as she brings, uh, she also has a conference called Hustle and Heels. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great one that will encourage you as well. We're excited to have her here on the United Stage. Welcome up, Michelle Harris. Woo! There we go. Okay, can everyone hear me better now? All right, awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right guys, so today we're gonna talk about the roller coaster of a hustler because as an entrepreneur, we get on a roller coaster every single day. We might go on different parts, but we get on a roller coaster. So the definition of an M. Harris hustler is a photographer who is resilient in their efforts to make their business profitable so that they can do more of what they love with who they love. Now, when you go to a roller coaster, the first thing that you do is you wait in line, okay? Now, the problem with this, when it comes to our roller coaster, is that we believe that there's a whole bunch of people that are in front of us in this line. And we're always worried like, oh, someone else looked, they already went live, and uh, their reel went viral again, and I just woke up this morning, and you just feel like everyone's in front of you, okay? But on this roller coaster, there is nobody in front of you. And that is the most powerful thing that you have to realize. Every day when you wake up, you just get on the roller coaster. There is nobody in front of you. Because you, this roller coaster is just yours. It's just yours. You just have to move through these invisible people that do not even exist before getting on your own roller coaster. Now, when I started my business in 2015, I had this subconscious issue where I thought that I was never enough and I didn't know like why would I start a business who was going to hire me to shoot anything I didn't really know what I was going to shoot all these different things um, and the reason that I subconsciously had these thoughts I find out later is that at the age of three days old I was adopted by the most incredible woman and this woman loved me more than anything she provided more than I could ever ask for, and she did it as a single mother for 16 years. Now, she told me at the age of six that I was adopted. I didn't know prior to that. And it was at that point that I found out that I was one of 10. So the issue that I had was I was number seven, but this woman had three more kids after me. And none of them were adopted the way that I was. They all were kind of stashed at aunts and uncles' houses, and, you know, she'd get out of jail, and they'd go back, and then she'd go back in, and they'd go back, but not me. So I would think to myself, like, why, why, why didn't she want me to come back when she wanted all the other kids to come back? And as I've grown up, I've realized that this was the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me, and that I wouldn't be who I am today if she wouldn't have poured the love into me that she did. So I do have a really good relationship with my birth mother though at this point because she has been clean for the last 12 years. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. But if I had kept those thoughts and I didn't think about anything other than those thoughts, I would still be an insurance agent working at Geico, literally on the phone for eight hours a day, hating my life. But it was my mom who bought me my very, very first camera and she believed in me when nobody around me had. And if she didn't believe in me, it wouldn't be my sixth year in business with my wedding photography company. 
Um, I would not have become the first black female Sigma Photo ambassador. And I would not have been able to create Layla Chanel Studios um, and give these women an opportunity to shoot hundreds of women, uh, hundred, <laughs> hundreds of weddings, not women. Uh, well, women too, I guess. <laughs> um, but none of this would have been possible if I would have just stayed in line, worried about everyone in front of me. So every day when you go to your roller coaster, you have to get in your roller coaster, sit down, and I say you have to strap in. And when I say you strap in, you have to strap in your mindset. And you have to know that you got this. As long as you know that you have whatever it is that you're about to go do, you have to strap in and know that you got it no matter what happens on the outside, no matter what anyone says, no matter what happens. And there's people who are not going to come with you on your roller coaster. They're not coming. They're going to stay there in line, and they're going to say, oh, you're still doing your little business, and they're cute. And you're like, yep. And you just strap in and you keep going. Okay? Because not everyone, like, not everyone should come with you, for sure. Just like we learned from um, Elisa yesterday. You have to figure out who's supposed to come with you, bring them, leave the rest behind. Sometimes you get on the roller coaster and you realize you're on the wrong ride altogether. And that, like, that's a thing. And it's okay to get off and get on another one. I literally started my business thinking I was going to be a newborn photographer. And I was going up and I was like, I hate it here. <laughs> and like, I literally, I was like, sold everything and then I did my first wedding and then never looked back. But sometimes that happens. So like, how many people in here are wedding photographers? If you're a wedding photographer, raise your hand. Okay, now keep your hands raised. How many of you also do family, boudoir, newborn, bridal sessions? If you do any of those, keep your hands up. Any of them. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of you. How many of you do them even though you hate it? Yeah, a lot of you. Stop doing that. <laughs> like, like, you forgot why you got in business. You got in business because you're doing what you love to do. So no one should give you money and you'd be like, oh God, they just paid me $400, I gotta go to this maternity session. Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> Tell them no and refer them to someone else. Get off the ride, okay? Or at least like throw some things over <laughs> and keep going, okay? All right, so in a roller coaster, there's also a part of it called a pre-drop. And it's when it's going up and then it does a little thing where it kind of goes down and comes back up. So you like think you're about to go but you don't actually go down. And I feel like this is the part where hustlers are really made. Because someone will say to you, oh, you're too expensive, and you start to crumble, and you overthink everything, you want to redo everything. You get a bad review, and you're like, oh, God, I just need to shut up, child. Let me just cancel Google altogether, just forget it. But you have to keep going, because that was just a little dip. And then you are going to go full speed ahead. You just move on from those things, and you don't look back. You look like this. This is how you need to look, all right? And like, when you're going full speed, you know, you start feeling good, you're getting things done, you're hitting all your deadlines, all the different things. And this is a part of a roller coaster that people, there's a lot of people that get on this part every day for a long, long time. So you might not get on all the other parts every day. But sometimes, you will go through a tunnel. And there's a couple of different types of tunnels. There's one at Disney called the Small World, where you're just, you're in your little, you know, whatever, the boat thing. And like, you can't go any faster. Like, you're just, you're just floating. And sometimes you're seeing all these little things go off and they're doing things. And that's like people on, on Instagram, like, oh, they posted and they're going here and they're doing this. And you feel like you're just sitting in the tunnel and you can't go anywhere else. 
But you create your own reality. So you have to decide to shut all that out, even if you're in the tunnel, and really just focus on yourself. Sometimes things happen where the lights in the tunnel shut completely. Now, I ran into this tunnel when I was going full steam ahead. I was so excited. Everything was working out. I was shooting all these weddings. And I woke up one day, went to a wedding, and I'm in the middle of shooting details. And I get a phone call. And I normally don't really answer the phone, but I answered. And it was an ambulance telling me that my mom had passed away. And it wasn't like, oh, well, you know, she, we took her to the hospital. We tried to resuscitate her or anything like that. It literally, she had a heart attack and was immediately gone. I didn't have any idea that this was going to happen in my life. And I had to have my backup plans and all the things to take over that wedding and go do what I had to do. But I couldn't see out of this tunnel when she wasn't in it anymore. But like, I had to. So what I did is I got off. I got off completely. I shut everything off. I stopped doing anything. I didn't talk to anyone. I just stayed within myself. And sometimes that's what you have to do. And you have to feel the emotions. Because I didn't, actually. I thought I was, but I didn't. And then I broke down like another year later. But like, you should feel the, emo the emotions that you have and then come back. Because there's always going to be twists and turns and sometimes you feel like you're gonna be like, you're completely stuck upside down and the, the roller coaster just stopped and you're just sitting there upside down. You can't do anything. But there is gonna be a time where you're going to go full speed again. And you're gonna go as fast as you possibly can, everything's gonna feel better. And then you're gonna hit what's called a break run in a roller coaster. And that's where you're coming down and you're feeling good and then it just stops you and it like jerks you and then you're like okay cool and then normally it just kind of glides to the end but sometimes it slows down jerks you and then you take off again but for me this break run hit me a year and a half after i lost my mother because i got a phone call that my nephew who was perfectly happy here could see all the different things had been abused and at six months, he had a brain bleed, he had fractures in his legs, he could not breathe on his own anymore, um, he forgot how to swallow, and he couldn't see. He couldn't see anything at all. And although I already had two beautiful girls of my own, I dropped everything and decided when I got there that I was going to do everything in my power to protect him. And it was a lot to get through. But I did it. Um, in between there, I was in the hospital dealing with that, and I still came, flew out here, stood on this stage virtually, and had to get through and talk about something else that was hard for me as well. So for this roller coaster, I literally felt like I was in a dark tunnel, and it wasn't moving anymore. And so I literally had to reach out and just hand push myself out of this because I had to stand here and I had to smile and I had to act like everything was okay because I didn't want to tell everybody all the things because I was going to break down. So I pushed forward. And night after night I went back to the hospital in between weddings, coming here and doing different things. I had three court appearances over four weeks and I finally got physical custody so that he didn't have to go to foster care. So it was at that time that everything came full circle for me because I realized that I could be the angel that my mom was for me, for my nephew. And I got to love him, to 
to health over the last year. And he still has a lot of challenges ahead of him, like, but he can now eat on his own. His limbs have healed and he can see. We don't know how far he can see, but he can see things. And when we first brought him home, he didn't see anything at all. And last week, he did something absolutely incredible. Because at 18 months, he should be able to walk and run and jump and do all these things, but this was huge for him. Because just learning how to use his limbs correctly is now a struggle. But if I hadn't got in line and got on the roller coaster to start my business, I wouldn't have been able to do this because no one in my family could do this because no one else had the time to take months off of work and then constantly take him to doctor appointments after doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments. He has therapy every week, every two weeks, different ones. He just constantly needs a whole bunch of different things. So I'm incredibly grateful that I didn't wait in line worrying about who was in front of me and all the different obstacles that happen on this roller coaster. Because at the end of the day at Disney, there is always fireworks. So what I want you to remember is that there is no one in front of you in line. You have to strap in your positive mindset every day because your, what you think in your mind is the only thing that's gonna make things possible or impossible. You will go through tunnels, but there is always a light at the end of them. You can get off the roller coaster when you need to and take that time. And there will be brake runs, but at the end, there are always fireworks. So no matter what tunnel, twist, turn, break, run, whatever it is that I encountered, these humans are my fireworks. So at the end of the day, on your roller coaster, I want you to go home, I want you to rest, and I want you to get back on your roller coaster the next day because there is no line and because that's what hustlers do. Thank you. All right, Michelle, let's go through it. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> I've told you before, I mean, listen, if I want to get really perfectionist, I can give a little like, oh, you, you could have done this or this. But for the most part, I really, really love that talk. Thank you. The only part where we've talked about this before, the only part where I'm like, oh, was the very last line. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Let's. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so we got this big intro. Introduced with a song. I don't know. Did you choose that song or is that just they felt like Michelle would like it? I think they just felt like I liked it. I don't, okay. I don't believe I chose that. <laughs> I was with it though. <laughs> so I, I was, I mean, I love the the song intro as a thing to get you pumped up. You get introduced, great introduction. Everybody loves Michelle Harris, and then <laughs> the microphone's not working. So what what immediately goes goes through your mind? I, I genuinely just went blank. I just was like, okay. It has to be fixed. We have to start now because I was prepared. Like I wanted to go in yeah. and immediately start talking. Uh, and so when I didn't, I just, I had nothing. I just needed them to fix it and as fast as they possibly could. Do you feel like that threw you off? Maybe a little bit, but I think, I think after like the first slide, I started talking a little bit more. Yeah. I completely forgot about it. Yep. Great, great, great. Okay. I was curious that, it's really easy to be thrown off by things like that, especially when you had all this momentum. Then it's just like, hey, uh, can you hear me? I'm on. I feel like I had to give the momentum back Yeah. Uh, myself. <laughs> so yep. I felt like I had to put a little bit more energy than maybe I planned on. But I felt like it worked out. Yeah, totally. Okay, so let's talk about the topic in general. 
Why did you want to talk about it? So obviously, you're not the only person who's ever talked about a career or anything being a roller coaster. It's not like, right? You're not the first right. one to come up with that. What made you feel like this would be a good topic? And then what, what made you want to break down the parts of a roller coaster? Well, I mean, it was 2020. So everybody was on a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, can we go outside? Can we not? What do we do? All the things. So uh, when I went to go apply, I was just like, okay, this is what's going on right now. Like, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster so I, and I know I can't be alone. So let's use this analogy. And then, so when I was putting it all together, I'm like, okay, let me do some research on roller coasters to see what like types of, you know, parts there are to it. And then see if any of those things relate to what we go through as entrepreneurs. What? I mean, I don't know very much about roller coasters, except I don't, Michelle, I don't really like roller coasters. <laughs> and I don't either. Secret. This is what I, I like them. about you. <laughs> that and tomatoes. This is what we have in common. Yes. <laughs> except I'm actually uh, allergic and you just don't like them. No, I wrote, so it's so funny that you should say that. I wrote down, I've written down before allergic to tomatoes and then <laughs> I realized like that, that precludes them from getting pizza. So I, I stopped doing that. And what I started writing was, tomatoes taste like poison and people always laugh at that <laughs> but this year at the speaker's banquet like someone came up to me and they're like yeah someone else is actually allergic to tomatoes so there's a whole section yeah, a whole, whole section i like in michelle's section yeah <laughs> i mean there's white pizza okay there's cheese bread all types of other options yeah but no but i'm just saying at like a group catering thing nobody is going to order white pizza well that's all if i'm coming I'm going to order one. <laughs> okay, so roller coasters, you and I don't actually like them, but it does make for a good metaphor. Right. Um, but I don't I don't know what goes into a roller coaster. You identified a few different parts of a roller coaster, some of which I wouldn't have really thought about. Were, were there other things that were in your research where you're like, eh, that doesn't really fit the metaphor? Uh, I mean, there wasn't too many uh, but like, I mean, as I was writing them out, I literally wrote down all of the different parts of it. And then I wrote down all the things I wanted to talk about that we go through. And I, it was kind of like one of those, like connect the, connect the word to the other word type of thing. Oh yeah. 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 And I was like, Oh, this will go with that. And this will go with that. And then whatever didn't go, I just left out. Oh, that's amazing. So there was nothing in there where you felt like I need to force this. Cause this is a really good part. No, if it, if it didn't go with it, I was like, well, it's not supposed to be in here. Yeah, that's great. And that's why it sticks in my head. Waiting in line makes sense. Yeah. Hmm, that's good. I'm curious. One of the things I feel like is a strength of yours as a presenter is that you're willing to put personal details out there. And you did that pretty early in this talk. So the yeah. right. So you're talking about waiting in line. And it would have been... There's a version of this talk that you can give that does not go into the level of detail that you did. I mean, you didn't have to talk about all that, right? You could just say, I didn't feel like I was up to the part. And everybody yeah. would identify with that. It's true. But I mean, that's that's one thing that I like to do when I speak at conferences is there is an Instagram, Michelle, and which is the same as like my Facebook group, uh, where I give you know some details of what's going on in my life. But like, if you really want to know like the detailed details and how they relate to what I'm talking about, I give that at conferences. So when you come to a conference, it's not going to be like, Oh, well, I know she always talks about this on her Instagram and her Facebook. So I know this is how she's going to, you know, go into the talk. 
so I try to always just put a little extra in it. If you're making the effort to leave your house and come learn from me, I want you to know a little bit more and get a little bit deeper than you can, you know, from social media outlets. Mm, that's good. That's good. So what does that mean after you get off stage? I mean, so, I mean, after you get off stage is um, the hardest part for me throughout the entire thing. It is the hardest thing because once you get off and you, you give more of yourself and you say, hey, this happened to me, what happens is everyone wants to come to you, tell you that you did a good job, but they also want to tell their story to you. And you have to be mentally prepared to take on that emotion of what happened to them as well, mm. if you're an empath. Um, or just like mentally try to block it, but still be there for it. But either way, I am typically emotionally drained by about 30 minutes after my talk. Uh, yeah. And it, it doesn't normally stop either. Uh, what happens is people, they see that there's a whole bunch of people around me at first to you know tell the story or talk to me or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'll catch her later. So I'm like on a high at a gala two days later. And they're like, oh, hey, I also <laughs> wanted to tell you about how this also happened to me. <laughs> so like you just have to be mentally prepared because it um, it doesn't stop. But I mean, it, that means that you did a good job and that means yeah. that you connected with people. So I'm not upset about it when it happens. Yeah. Well, one thing you and I have talked about before is you don't exactly blend in like Michelle is that. Uh... <laughs> No. 5'11"? <laughs> but Five. I'm normally wearing heels or some shoes. I always look six feet at least yep. all the time. Yep. And often, or at least the times I've encountered you, you've got a big old hat on too. Yes. So, <laughs> that does not blend in. I'm not trying um, to hide. I'm not trying to hide. It's impossible for me to, so I'm just going to be as fabulous as I can as often as I can. <laughs> <laughs> has, there, has there ever been something where a person came up to you afterwards and they gave you details that were, that were too much. I mean, have you uh, ever had to cut someone off? I don't think I cut them. I mean, maybe, maybe once or twice. Um, but not from that talk, but no. from one that I had done previously, um, related to like domestic violence. And then I was just like, Oh, okay. Like I, I get, I get it. I know that you went through that. Like, I'm sorry that you went through that, but like you got this. So I tried to just like turn it into them going forward instead of them continuing to tell me their story because I, I don't I don't need the, the details yeah. of the story to get you know where they're trying to go um, so I just try to direct it into positivity and going forward instead of focusing on what they did and how it happened yeah yeah that's such a hard one because you want to you want to enjoy the conference but you want to help people too so yeah, your brain must constantly be like jumping between emotions Yes. Yes. It, I mean, it, it definitely is. And, and there's no great trick to balancing it. It's just knowing that it's going to happen. Cause the, the biggest issue I've ever had was when I gave that talk first at, um, at Evolve and I wasn't mentally prepared for people to come up to me and to tell me the things. So at, so the, at the Evolve conference is what at you're the saying. Evolve conference, yeah. yeah. Um, that one was in, in San Francisco at the time. And that was the first time I had given that talk and I wasn't ready for what happened after. And so that made me drain. I went back to my hotel and I barely wanted to get up and go the next day. Um, but like after that, I mentally prepared myself. And so since I was ready, then I was able to handle it better. Mm. Do you mean you weren't ready because it just hadn't occurred to you that people would talk to you or, or you hadn't really finished processing what happened? 
Oh no, I just, I wasn't expecting for people to come up to me mm. and to tell me their things. Like I, I was expecting like, Oh, you know, great job. Or, you know, maybe I resonated a little bit, like, you know, and just keep it moving. But I wasn't ready for like the deep, intense stories that related to yeah. what I talked about to be given to me. Yeah. Mm. Man, it's such a, it's such a good service to the audience, but that is, that is hard. And I totally know that it, the feeling you're describing after you get off stage, you've got adrenaline for probably a half hour, maybe <laughs> yeah. a little bit longer, just depending, but then it's like, I need a nap. And sometimes you just roll straight into dinner or yeah, similar. Uh, yeah. So you got to prepare yourself. And that's hard. Okay. So let's go back to the talk, this talk itself. So, uh, it's got the metaphor, the beginning, you define what a hustler is, which I love. And we've returned to that later. What's the, what's the part of the talk that, so we're recording this in February. The talk was November. What's the part of that talk? I mean, that was a while ago. What's the part of the talk that you look back at and you feel best or you feel proudest of? Uh, I'm still really proud that I made it through speaking about losing my mom because when I was making that presentation and I would semi uh, practice it, I would tear up and I would need a minute. And I wondered if I was going to be able to get past it, but knowing that I was able to put that in there and keep talking without having a breakdown in the middle is where I'm like, okay, I did that. I made it through. Have you, have you cried on stage? I haven't. Nope. I've had a second where I literally took a real deep breath and yeah. that was that first time that I uh, presented that one talk at, at Evolve. But um, outside of that, I haven't cried. I just wonder what the best thing to do is. I feel like most people just try to hide it. Mm-hmm. But then you oh. can hear it in your voice and you can totally. see it. So. And then people apologize, which I, I find strange yeah. to apologize. It is, it is weird. Like Even when I took a breath, I was like, Okay, I just need one moment. And people are like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But then just going totally silent is maybe the weirdest thing of all. Definitely, if it's only audio. <laughs> It'd definitely be a little weird. Um, but I mean, even just saying like, oh, you know, I didn't expect to get emotional. Yeah. Um, you know, just take a second, breathe, and then keep going. Hmm. all you can do. Hmm. My speeches are always trying to be funny, so I don't really deal with this. But I, I know <laughs> other, well, no, other people try to actually help others with their speeches, like you do. So that's that's good. That's- um, so you're speaking at WPPI next week, which is the largest photography conference in the country, maybe the world, certainly one of the largest ones in the world. Like, what's yeah. a? Are you giving another one of the vulnerable Michelle moments in that talk as well? You know, I'm not actually uh, WPPI. I all they always pick me to to speak on posing in some form fashion so i'm actually teaching three different classes and they're all on different ways to pose people basically oh yeah that doesn't lend itself to very much like no no you know what this reminds me of yeah (laughs) no it's something about wppi i just feel like people come there to learn functional things like actual physical things that they can change and do in their, in their business. Uh, I'm sure that there are keynotes. I personally have never attended one, but I, I just feel like when people come, they're like, I'm going to learn this, not, Hey, I'm going to come learn and get a little motivation and see, you know, 
different things like that. So I don't mind being super technical at this one. Yeah. And then for the the other ones or the smaller ones, uh, I do more keynote motivational type of things. Yeah. Well, that is good because you are an excellent photographer. So it would make sense to have you do technical things. I think I just forget that because I see you <laughs> as being on stage talking about entrepreneurship. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, and I, I am a Sigma ambassador, so I have to take time and speak about gear, which is not my favorite thing to do, but hmm. I get through it. What was that word? Veer? Gear. Gear. Oh, gear. Like, oh. Camera gear. Yeah. That makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. Like I'd rather talk about oh, a lot of other things and like, oh, this is my lens and this is how I use yeah. it. But um, in the United talk. Okay. So do you feel, does it feel more natural to you? Does it feel more natural to you to talk about the personal stuff versus the, the more, well, it's all personal, but you know what I mean? Like the stuff that's about Michelle versus the stuff that's about being an entrepreneur. Does that distinction make sense? Cause like there's a part in the speech where you have people raise their hands, right? Right. And that is everyone listening to podcasts, you know, that raise, raise your hand is not my favorite thing, but <laughs> you did it well. No, you did it well. Okay. And <laughs> Because you actually wanted real data. You actually wanted people to answer it. And I think a lot of times people raise your hand and, and it's just someone told you once upon a time that was a way of interacting with the audience. Mm -hmm. the, the answers should affect the speech is my point. And I think you did a good job of adjusting to that. Okay. That's the part of the talk that I felt like this was this was more probably what you usually talk about, whether it's from stage or Facebook groups or wherever. But I, I don't know. I'm not you. Like was... I'm confused by your question. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if my question even made sense. What was the most... <laughs> I was like, I'm trying, but I can't even follow. What, what was the, what's the part of the presentation where you felt like you were the most in flow? I don't know that I, I felt like I was in flow, to be really? honest with you. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I did. I felt like I was constantly, okay, all right, next part, next part, next part, next part, next part. And I think that's why I ended the way that I did, like not as confidently mm. as I'd like to, because I was like, oh... And you know, I think I was really anticipating that breakdown. And so I would get past, you know, each little part and I'm like, okay, here comes the tunnel part. And then I would do it. And I was like, oh, I made it. I'm not okay. crying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not crying. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> so like, honestly, I, I can't even lie to you. I don't feel like I was in flow during that, that one at all. That's so interesting. So the whole time it's just, this is the next part. This is the next part. This is the next part. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, so that's... It's not anxiety the way that we traditionally think of it. It's not anxiety like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to forget what my name is. Right. But there's a little bit of just right. I can't be 100% present right now. Right. That's yeah. fascinating. Okay. And then the ending. I think the ending is great. I love the way it's written. I love that's what hustlers do. It felt a little bit like, oh, it's over. Yeah. That was – I just should have – I think it's just the way I, I – Raise it. But I think that's what happened is in my head, I was like, oh, it's over. Okay. Yes. That's what I was to do. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying I can't even tell you I was in flow. I felt like, oh, all right. Made it to the end. All right. I'm out. So I got to do better with that. <laughs> so funny. If we were doing it again, so it's, the last line is because that's what hustlers do. And it, you know, it, it just made me think of did you see Thor Ragnarok? I don't know if you watch Marvel movies or not. I do, but I hadn't seen that one. Okay. Chris Hemsworth is trying to be, <laughs> it's like a funny Marvel movie and he's trying to be a hero and he's like, cause that's what heroes do. And there, oh. there's all this, 
like music to it and then it just falls flat <laughs> oh man yeah i can't do that again i'm gonna do better i promise <laughs> and you know why it's because they're and now of course as i'm going through it there are like funny versions of it that are not done well but i feel like it's and we do that because that's what hustlers do boom i'm michelle harris thank you yeah i got it i got it i, I will fix that <laughs> going forward no it's fine it's fine I just, I, I felt like there was all this momentum and I was like, ah, almost, almost. Um, Michelle, I'm curious what made you want to get on a stage in the first place? So I knew the moment that my career was picking up as a photographer, that I was going to be an educator. And I knew that because when I first became a photographer, I could not find anybody to learn from that looked like me. And even when I found something close to it, um, they already had a lot of help. They had a, you know, a spouse and, you know, all these different things. So they weren't a, like a single mother trying to build their business. So everyone was telling me, oh, you know, you have to blog every day. Um, it'd be like ridiculous <laughs> things that like, it's just not really possible. Um, it wasn't possible for me at that time. And so I'm like, no, when, when I get successful, here. I'm definitely going to become an educator because I'm going to show people that there are people that look like me that do this. There are people that have kids and don't have a, you know, a spouse or maybe a huge network of people to help them. And you can still do it. You can still do anything that you put your mind to and be successful. So that's exactly why I wanted to be on stage and show people like you can make it. Did you ever have anxiety about so I know for a lot of photographers and a, and a lot of people, and I'm thinking of designers with this statement too, like there's safety in being behind a camera. <laughs> there's safety in being behind a computer doing all this editing. And then you're on stage and everybody's looking at you. Photography is the opposite of that. Was there ever any like, uh-oh, everybody's looking at me now? Nope. Uh, because that's not my personality though. So like, even though I'm like behind a camera, like at a wedding, uh, my clients typically hire me because of how I command things to happen. So there, you know, there are a lot of photographers who are, you know, really documentary and they just go and whatever happens, happens. And I'm like, I'll have a bride think about putting her earrings on. And I'm like, absolutely not. No, ma'am, uh -uh, over here by this window is I where you're going to put these earrings on. And, um, you know, if they don't have a planner, which I've at this point have stopped taking weddings if they don't. But anyway, beforehand, I would become the planner. So, and every photographer knows that if there is no planner, you still are the planner and you have to figure things out. Okay, we got 10 minutes, let's do this, let's go here. Like, so even in my photography, I'm still commanding things. So when I decided to be an educator and teach people how to do things, it came second na nature to me. That's interesting. That's exactly what I hear when you speak. I, I would have never phrased it that way, but that's, that's the thing with you. So there's the warmth is the Michelle adopted, uh, her nephew, yeah. right? So there's the Michelle adopted her nephew. There's like this warmth there. And then there's also that, that I, I use the word authority, but there's that command of the, you need to stop doing that. Like everybody who just raised your hand, stop, right. don't do that. Get <laughs> off the roller coaster. And that's, I think that's what I love about you as a speaker. So that all comes through. That's interesting. Awesome. And then the other thing with you, I'll just give you a compliment. You can respond to it if you want. But uh, one of the things that I love about you as a speaker is that, and I don't know, I don't know how much we've talked about this or what, but I just get this feeling of like, whatever, it's just a speech. I've been through harder things. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel when I'm when I'm making and presenting. Like, okay, like these are the hard things I've been through, but all I gotta do is stand up here and tell people what I've been through and how I got out of it, and that's it. So I'm not gonna make this into a mountain when it's a molehill. Yeah, because even I mean, behind the scenes at this conference, you were speaking on I think Monday, mm-hmm. and on Sunday you were just like, "Hey, do you have a minute?" and come over yeah <laughs> you're yeah. the table and you pull out your laptop you're like can i just go through this part with you and I knew a lot I of people thinking. if it's not if it's not locked in 24 hours ahead of time a lot of people are totally freaked out and it's like mike can you save me <laughs> no <laughs> not so, i just i knew there was like just a little tweet i was like there's something that's not connecting here I had I had all the meat and potatoes in there. Yeah, I just knew there was something a little bit off. So, but I I don't allow that to bother me. Like just like I had we talked previously that I don't overly practice on yeah. purpose because once I if I start overly practicing, then I will really be in my head and I won't be able to even pretend to look like I'm flowing through anything <laughs> at any point in time. Yep. Hmm. Um, Michelle Harris is not afraid of you, audience members. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> not only am I not afraid, I mean, I prefer to be there. Like, there was nothing I hated more than presenting virtually in 2020. Yeah. I can't, I, I need to see people's faces in the audience in order to enjoy what I'm doing because watching the chat box is not the same for me. Yeah, people typing LOL doesn't... It's just not. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Michelle, we always we always end with two things. One of which is a story which we're gonna we've heard this story in in this talk, so you're off the hook for that one. But we do I do always want to give people I do always want our guests to give a public speaking tip. So a tip from Michelle, something that's not necessarily in a public speaking book. Uh, what jumps to mind? Uh, well, I mean, my number one tip is something that we've already gone over in this is just to be mentally prepared for the after. If you decide to speak about something very vulnerable, you have no idea how many people are going to resonate with what you're you're speaking about. Like when I was making this one, I was thinking that more people would resonate with losing their parents. And that was one of the things that I worried about when I was making it. But actually, after when I got off, people were like, actually, I was adopted or I adopted, you know, my niece, nephew, cousin, whoever. Um, So like you never know what part is going to be coming at you full force, but you have to just mentally prepare for that. Mm. That's good. And be willing to share. Sorry, I'm I'm giving a 1A tip, but I think what I've learned from you is be willing to share that stuff. Cause that, that sticks with people more than like, here's my third tip about charging more. Exactly. I, I never want to hold back on, on sharing just little pieces. Like and I was still, I was going through a lot of other things when I gave that, that talk. Um, but I didn't talk about that, but I might be able to talk about that this year. Yeah. You have to wait till you're through the thing before you can talk about it. Exactly. I think sometimes people jump the gun on that and it's, it's yeah, awkward. I mean, yeah, you never know where you're going to go when you're still yeah. going through it. Yeah, um, Michelle, that's so good. Um, y'all, Michelle is a super talented speaker, super talented photographer. Where would, uh, if people want to 
observe your life. Sorry, that sounds so weird. Where are you on social media and what's your website? That's what I'm really asking. <laughs> All right, observe her life. <laughs> observe my life <laughs> via Instagram. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Instagram is where I'm at more often than not at mharris underscore studios. And then I have a Facebook community called the M. Harris Hustlers that I am in more often than not as well. Love it. Michelle, you're the best. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate That's what hustlers do. No. <laughs> I can't I can't pull off the line is really what I've concluded. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do so much, but I'm, I'm I am motivated to end my speech and make you proud. <laughs> that's that's the goal for WPPI. Whatever that last line is, is delivered. I, I'm in your ear. Yeah. That's what hustlers do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, Michelle. Talk to you later. All right. Friends, we hope you enjoyed that conversation with Michelle Harris, Rangefinders Creator of the Year 2021. Well done, my friends. Well done. I have been your host, Mike Pacchione. Thank you to Alicia Otieno for doing the editing and the producing. Thank you also to Cassie Jones over at Show It. Thank you for sending me all the audio from this so that we could put it in the podcast. Cassie and the whole Show It team and just outstanding individuals doing a lot of things that probably are hard but they make it seem easy and they make it seem like it's no big deal that you're asking for a favor (laughs) thank you cassie hey everyone thank you so much for listening we will talk to you again next week and until then do good things out there